folks, welcome to Marvelize. I'm your host, David Price. Thank you for joining me today. You are going to hear uh, from Steve and Kevin and Andrew. They're going to uh, talk about the first and uh, the second, in some cases, arcs of, uh, of a few or a bunch, according to the notes I was given, of uh, all new, all different Marvel titles that the guys are catching up on. I... I'm also trying to catch up on a few things. I have caught up on Amazing Spider-Man. I so want to enjoy this book more than I am. Um, I'm reading it because well, there are a few different reasons. Primarily, I am a big Spider-Man fan, and I... I want to read his adventures and there are just um it's it's still a little weird there's there's the whole fish out of water um because this is bigger than than peter parker industries and uh you know having corporations and and, and buildings and headquarters all over the world it's just it's it's um it's a little much for me, for, for, for me to be able to take, I guess I'll say, I do know there are some folks who are enjoying it. Um, that's, and, and I'm, I'm glad everybody should have a, uh, a Spider-Man that, that they enjoy reading. Um, still not keen on the costume change or the different web shooters and, and how at the, um, the blink of an eye, they can, uh, change from, concrete to anything else. It's, it's just, it's, it's been 12 issues and I'm still trying to, uh, uh, get a grip or, or just get a handle on it. Uh, the 12th issue just started a, a new arc, uh, where the Avengers will be involved. Um, it's, I'm guessing there's something going on with Tony Stark in, in his books, uh, because he doesn't remember the Peter and Mary Jane living uh, in Avengers Tower, uh, pre-Civil War, when, when they were uh, working on the Scarlet Spider outfit, um, the armored Spider-Man. Uh, it, it's just, it's it's a little weird. It's it's a little weird. I will be, um, maybe breathe a sigh of relief when things go back to quote-unquote normal, for what I consider normal. Um, that just means that the Parker Luck will be back uh, because I still feel that, that this cannot last something. And, and you know, hey, the more you build up this current uh, status quo, then uh, the, the harder, the heavier it'll be when it, uh, when it all comes crashing down. But... Um, I'm not going to dig that hole too deep tonight. Uh, caught up on Black Panther. That is that's a nice slow burn for me. Where we're still getting a uh, getting a feel for this T'Challa, uh, for everything he's dealing with, for being a. Uh, there, there was a great line in the second issue where uh, the T'Challa is is. Uh, remembering bits of wisdom from his uncle and, uh, and, and how a, um, 
the king is more powerful if, if his people believe what the king can or might do. Uh, it's, it's, but that illusion will uh, quickly go away if the king actually shows his people what he can do. And, uh, and I am just, and I am just, it's been two issues and it has been really, really good. So I, uh, that's still a book that I can't wait for the third issue now. Uh, speaking of third issues, Black Widow, that is just, it's a book that I'm reading as the issues come out. Uh, but Wade and Somni are not letting up. They are, uh, it's, I'm enjoying this story quite a bit with the whole spy espionage and, and, uh, and getting a glimpse of Natasha's origins and, and, uh, what she had to do in the home that, uh, that, that she and a bunch of other girls were in. Uh, I'm not sure if you heard about a little bit of, uh, well, not so much a little bit, but apparently, uh, some people who have never read a comic book before lost their minds over the idea of something that they heard had happened in the first issue of Captain America, Steve Rogers. Um, as if that was it. That's the final word on this character. Um, and I say heard or had an idea because a lot of people didn't read the issue. They just, they saw a headline or they, or they saw an out of context image or a panel. And if it had, they read the issue, uh, there are some clues there. And, uh, if you've been reading comics for a while, this is a character who's got 75 years of, uh, of history and, and to just completely dismiss those 75 years because of a couple of panels, uh, is baffles me. Absolutely baffles me. I love the reaction because that's exactly how you should be feeling about this character. It's just all the background drama, uh, the behind the scenes, uh, craziness is, is what's killing me. Um, and is, 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 I kind of, I want to enjoy it more because so many people are so bent out of shape over it. Uh, I'm not saying it's a fantastic story or it's great or, you know, I'm, I'm sold on this story. It's just, I, uh, I don't know why people would react the way they are reacting. Basically, that's, that's what I'm saying. Um. That is pretty much the bulk of, uh, of what I've caught up on. There are a couple of the things that I have, uh, on tap set shows of, uh, the mighty Thor. I read the seventh issue of the vision, uh, by Tom King. This issue actually, uh, Gabriel Walter did not do the interiors. Uh, we had Michael Walsh, uh, take care of the art in this issue. And if you wanted to know, how, um, well, if you wanted to know how the, uh, how, how Virginia, specifically Virginia came to be, this is the issue for you. And, and it's, it's also has, um, because it, it is, there are a lot of flashbacks. The flashbacks actually happen, uh, they're based on actual events, from the past in Vision, 
and Scarlet Witch's uh, previous comic book appearances, whether they were issues of Avengers or um, or Division of Scarlet Witch Master Series or West Coast Avengers. It, 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 everything that, uh, that Tom has written in this issue are all references to past stories. It's... It's a fantastic issue. Uh, you really do feel for this guy, for 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 a uh, a synthetic being. It's um, and there's something that you know Wanda tells Vision that I never really kind of pieced together. Uh, but it's 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 a really really great issue. I'm I'm bummed that uh, that Tom only has a handful of issues left, uh, but it is a um, it's a fantastic uh, issue if you haven't read it. So I, uh, I'm going to go back to, like I said, Mighty Thor. I have some uh, some Illuminati to read. I have some Hercules to read. So I have uh, a few things I'm going to get back to. I'm going to let the guys do their thing. Thanks for uh, listening to me ramble on for a little bit. I hope you all have a fantastic holiday weekend. And uh, take care, everybody. Bye-bye. Hey, scorekeepers. Grandmaster Steve Raker here from the Comic Book Bunker. You never really know what you're going to get on Marvel Noise, do you? I am here with Whirlwind X Kevin and Andrew, the L.A. Rabbit. Hi, guys. Every time I read a comic, I'm, it's like I'm reading a comic for the first time. You could probably expect one of the three of us on an episode of Marvel Noise. <laughs> L.A. Steve. Yeah, that's the era uh, Andrew and I grew up in, where every uh, Marvel comic was made to be uh, potentially someone's first. That's for sure. You can find uh, Marvel Noise on Twitter, at Marvel Noise. You can find us on our Facebook page. And you can listen to our sister show, Indie Comic Book Noise, where we talk about the indie comic books we've been reading. And we are bound to have a flurry of episodes over the next uh, couple of weeks because I've been sitting on some for a couple of weeks, uh, taking a really way too long to edit. So, Mining those diamonds in the rough. That's my yes. confession. <laughs> All right, well, I have finally... I'm, it was a running joke for far too long, but I've finally been delving into all of the all-new, all-different new wave of post-Secret Wars book and kind of catching up on the first arcs of a bunch of different titles. In fact, 32 of the 73 all-new, all-different titles, not counting the Star Wars titles, mind you, uh, not the X-Books yet or the Cosmic Books or the Weird World Magic Books yet, but I'll get to those. Started with the Avengers and stuff. But hey, here's the deal. Everybody likes ratings, right? <laughs> Well, too bad. You're going to get some anyway. I'm going to keep it simple, though. I am going to uh, rate the books I've been reading and uh, give it a simple A, B, C, and D. But like college, for you college graduates, a C, it's not failing. A C is average. A C is a decent book. A C is a good book. It's got some things going for it, but there's just something missing that's not making me go gaga for the book but it's not a failure it's average d those books i won't be picking up and then obviously <laughs> our b's and a's b is good stuff solid looking forward to what happens next but a is there's something special that's a, that's a real good book
Maybe an A plus. Well, that's our A. <laughs> a is A is A plus. You know, people like lists too. This is like Ditko. A plus equals A. <laughs> C Steve gives C grades. <laughs> exactly. Ratings. What have you guys been reading lately before I get into my spiel? Anything special? I finally jumped into Alias, the original series, but I haven't made it very far because of my recent travels. That's a series not to blow through anyway. It's an interesting journey. Yeah, I couldn't read that uh, all at once anyways type of thing since I read it monthly. How about you, Kevin? Well, just the usual. You know, your Power Man and Iron Fist, Moon Knight, Black Panther. I love Moon Knight, though. And do I love that book. Yeah, Moon Knight. I really enjoyed it, too, I gotta say. I gave it an A. You know, it seems like they're going there with the whole Mark Spector's the multiple personality wacko thing. Sigh. Or are they? You know, it's got this weird. It's it's like the Moon Knight version of that Sucker Punch movie thing, where you don't you don't know is this really happening? Is this a dream sequence? Is he really in an asylum? Is this what it seems? It's really weird how all the old supporting cast is showing up as different prisoners and and uh, you know inmates or whatever. I don't know, and and I like the consistent depiction of Kanchu. Over, mm-hmm. over like the last few volumes and, and creative teams, they've kept that skeleton bird-like conchu thing <laughs> and uh, this personification so far. It's only been a couple of issues in, but I've enjoyed it. That's definitely a top-of-the-stack book for me. It could go come all crashing down, but <laughs> right <laughs> now is... I'm very intrigued. It's been really good. Like when he steps out and he sees New York City, like it's Egypt. Yeah, whacked. Yeah, and then he gets a little, like, crazy cosmic, and then Skeleton Birdman, like you were saying. Uh, I like my some Skeleton Birdman, so, yeah. But, you know, like, when the Skeleton Birdman, sometimes I forget which creative team it was or which arc it was, but there's sometimes he's just, uh, you know, he's almost intolerable as far as his attitude. I and mean, it's like, you're conchu, come on. But this, so far, he seems pretty conchu-y. Conchu-y. Yeah, is, is, can you buy that product? <laughs> you were also saying you were reading Power Man Iron Fist? Yes, really happy with that one too. Book I grew up on. It was like one of my cult favorite books where I bought all the back issues pretty early on and really enjoyed every Wednesday going to the comic book store. I also would pick up another four or five issues, back issues of Power Man Iron Fist right through the uh, Denny's Cohen stuff and the Kerry Gamil or Gamel, great stuff. I really, really enjoyed uh, in the old series, like the march up to seventy-five, where they go to Kunlun, and then when they go back in issue one hundred and all that stuff. Um, oh man, that old series was great. I might have to do a reread at some point. So I got a lot of history and love for this book. How about you, Andrew? Did you have history with Power Man Iron Fist? Oh yeah, sweet Christmas. You know it. Um, for long-time Marvel Noid listeners may remember we talked about half that team already in a segment when we covered those classic Iron Fist, which saw the debut of Sabretooth, surprisingly enough. Right. Did you read the, the new uh, book yet? I've I've read the... We, did, we went round on the first issue, and it just... While I see the craft there, it didn't feel like my kind of Luke Cage, so I'm waiting 
for like a whole arc to be together and sit down and read it. And I think it'll go better with me. I want to, I don't know, a little bit more. Danny's a little too flaky and uh, Luke's a little too conflict averse. I'm more for the where's my money, honey. (laughs) (laughs) I get that. Certainly. Um, I was listening to Sanford Green, the artist, speaking to our pal John Suntress over on the Word Balloon podcast, which if you don't listen to, you certainly should be. They were speaking about how, uh, and I really liked how they characterized the relationship, or at least the presentation of of both Danny and uh, Luke in this book, where it's like Luke, you know, he doesn't want to be there. He's not admitting that it's a team up. It's like, you know, I think of him almost in, in Clerks. You know, I'm not even supposed to be here today. He refuses to admit that they're getting back together. And Danny is channeling a lot of the fans and like, yes, this is awesome. They're together. We're together. <laughs> Woohoo. Uh, and yeah, the, you know, he is coming off a little bit Johnny Stormish, but. It's working so far in that he's got the kung fu moves and he's, um, you know, got his own rhythms going. And Cage is pretty reluctant, uh, almost like the gunfighter who's going back and having to do one more, you know, one more job, the, the Chinatown bit again, that kind of thing. It, what I liked is they did callbacks to the old series already. They had the old secretary come back i assume they're going to get back to the movie theater and that stuff it'll it'll be fun to see as uh they touch upon that it really i mean the whole thing feels like a 70s book yet it is uh modern at the same time i'm really digging it the movie theater is classic and sanford green i think has done a really good job of differentiating the characters the interview i heard he talked about his work in animation and how you make the profiles always very distinctive and that really comes across and adds a, a variety to the visual aspect of it. Yeah. I just think I'm a little bit maybe mired in nostalgia to to my detriment. When I first saw Cage, uh, the design, I was worried that it was going to be a little too Olivier Coipel, where you know there's not even going to be room for a brain in, in Cage's skull. But no, it, it he gives him a forehead and everything, and 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 backhead. Um, it 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 works for me. And the pacing of the the story is really good too, and I like the level, the scope of the threat. It's real street level. Give me some of that George Tusca. Hmm. Mm. As long as it's not inked by Vinny Coletta. <laughs> <laughs> but I give it an A. Ta-da! How about some of the Avengers books? All new, all different. Ooh, that's an interesting case. I don't I don't know if I've run into a case like this recently. I think some of the work in that book is A+, and then you get to some of the other stuff, and I'm just like, Kang in a suit? I'm like, that does nothing for me. Hmm. I'm not that fond of this group of characters, you know, one or two of these stray cats on a team of, you know, the established heroes. I'm putting them all together. This should be New Avengers to me. It is what it is. I I think it's better than average. I think it reads well. Yeah, there's some things that are it, it, some things that don't make me jump uh, out of my seat, but I, I give it a B. I, I've only read up to the standoff stuff, not including the standoff, so that 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 stuff will be next. Yeah, I think that's fair. I, I, I'm basically reading it for the character work at this point. 
ditto with um, Captain America Sam Wilson for me. I, I give that a B as well. And uh, similarly, I'm finding the character moments and, and there being more moments that I'm enjoying rather than uh, the entire book or arc. You know how much I love that book? I, I went out, I backtracked and picked up all the issues of the first arc. Nice. So I got my right. Cat Wolf, I got my <laughs> Serpent Solutions, <laughs> and like all that, and I was just like, this is great. <laughs> my only uh, complaint is with the Italian edition. <laughs> they oh, have a misattribution yes. <laughs> of credit. They uh, they credit Cap's origins to Joe Simon and Stan Lee instead of Joe Simon and oh, um, Jack Kirby. That ain't right. No. Uh, but what's nice is on the Italian one, they put the first two issues together, and you get a big poster fold out, and it's cheaper than the <laughs> American one. Nice. So, But you don't get a digital copy. But still, that's a pretty good two issues and a poster for less than the cost of one issue here. Man, maybe it's time to learn Italian. Iron Man. I didn't, didn't haven't read the international because it hasn't uh, gotten to a full arc yet. But one thing I'm enjoying about that book is it's very Deathlocky in a way to me. Like the dialogue between Tony and um, uh, now it's Friday. It's like the meat and the machine having a lot of interaction verbally back and forth to each other, and some of that is what I used to dig about Deathlock. Hmm. If Deathlock had had a a woman computer talking to it's kind yeah. of <laughs> it's like the the voice on uh Star Trek is is talking to him from the from the computer <laughs> uncanny avengers the other avengers book interesting cast i got to say i could do without the inhuman and their the mutant human inhuman like reactions to each other and stuff but uh, I think it'll be interesting when Cap gets young again <laughs> and is on the team, because right now it's old Cap, or Cranky at least to, Cap. as far as I've read. But they brought in Cable, and those are two pretty strong personalities. That that should be interesting. And, and Deadpool's on the team, which I kind of enjoy because I th- liked the Deadpool as Steve Rogers's agent wildcard guy that had been established kind of in the Marvel Now era and in a post-Wolverine, you know, after Wolverine died, there was a pretty fun issue of Captain America and Deadpool together, um, having a Wolverine post-mortem caper together. So I think it's cool. I think when it's Cap and Cable and Deadpool, that's going to be an interesting lineup. Can either one of you boys give me, like, just the quick log line on this standoff thing. I'm a little behind. Is it just the Avengers or? Yeah, that's what it seems to be. But that's what the Thunderbolts comes out of. Yeah. And that's what Cap getting young comes out of. I, I haven't, I've, like I said, I've just gotten up to it. I haven't read it yet with all the Pleasant Hill stuff and all that business. Yeah, S.H.I.E.L.D. does some uh, some stuff and Avengers come in. I give Uncanny Avengers a solid B. Good book. So far we haven't differed too much. 
Yeah, Let's see if we rumble, you know, further down the list. Let's stay in the Avengers world and some of the good books, actually. Uh, again, another solid B book uh, is Mighty Thor. I finally all caught up with all of the Jane Foster Thor stuff. Writing, crisp, beautiful art. I mean, Datterman's really enjoying himself and I think enjoying the acclaim and, and putting it back into the pages. It just seems like he gets better and better. Although it's well done, I am kind of, you know, I know it's because I've been around a long time, but it only seems like it's been since Fraction that it's bothered me. But I'm sick of the Odin comes back and he's a real jerk (laughs) cliche. Although it's being done well here because the whole thing of the all-mother and the all-father and everything. But I don't know. We'll see how it it ends up. I know you're a fan of Thor, aren't you? Uh, I would probably give it an A. It's just the latest issue had uh, the Odinson, so I, I was actually less interested. Because <laughs> they had a different artist, and it was, I was just like, yeah, can we, can we get back to the, to the other stuff? <laughs> and sometimes the threats they have lined up, they're a little evil, and it's sort of like, it, they seem like unstoppable, so you're like, well, I, I guess they're going to get around to losing some battles at some point, but sometimes it's a little much. You're like, well, I see where this is going. Yep, they, the bad guys won again. <laughs> a book I give a C to, just as an average book in the Avengers family, is New Avengers, which is Young Avengers cast, pretty much. But the art style is real kinetic and everything, and between it being the Young Avengers and the art style, it's just just average for me. Let's see. Oh, the Black Widow. Mark Wade and Chris Somney. Right there, I mean. <laughs> I'm w- <laughs> that's an A right there, isn't it? I mean, Pretty much an A just on the on the artwork. Their storytelling is so fluid and so straightforward and easy to follow. The book just reads great, although it is a little bit stabby. I joked to you guys back when you were talking about the first issue that I'm kind of tired of every new creative team handling the Black Widow, doing a story of her past in Russia, and, you know, blood on her ledger, and yada, yada, yada. As long as Ivan doesn't show up, though, so far it's been pretty good. The last Avengers-related book that I've got on my plate here that I read is The Vision. Oh, yes. Now now this is A-plus land. Yeah, this is another A book, and not just because Tom's a friend. I mean, it's creepy, it's like Outer Limits, Twilight Zone, sci-fi-y, you know? Yeah, it's it's totally one of those things where, you know, the, the, uh, an android or... I don't know what, what, they would, what they would do, a robot or... Something that's not us tries to live like us and learn how to live or learn something about humanity or something, and, and then things sort of snowball off in a bad direction, and you're just like, uh-oh. Oh, this isn't looking good. I love when the Grim Reaper shows up and gets his comeuppance. It's hilarious. And his comeuppance, you know, with the object that the particular conversation that was happening when she was holding the object earlier in the issue, I mean, it, Tom's putting way, Tom King, the writer, is putting way too much effort into this book. <laughs> He's making all kinds of like symbolic connections and things mirroring each other, and 
it's becoming a real opus. I can't wait for a nice hardcover collection of this. Yeah, I just thought it was strange that he had two issues where it was referencing, like heavily referencing old continuity. Like if if you're going to have someone like that, I guess I expected them to be spaced out a lot more. Like they have the issue where Vision recounts like every time he saved the world. And I'm like, like he knows the stuff. And then we get in an issue with like the Scarlet Witch and Vision and sort of detailing their history. And I'm like, that was a lot. Like you're seeing like more like behind the scenes of scenes you already saw. It was just, it was just strange to see two of those like so close together. He's a big Avengers fan, so. The Inhumans books, uh, there are three of them, all new, Uncanny, and Karnak. <laughs> I haven't read the Karnak because I'm just waiting for some of these issues. I mean, it's been out, coming out since November, but what are we on issue four now? <laughs> but between all new and humans and uncanny uh, it's a big contrast uncanny i pretty much enjoy i give it a b Uh, it's black bolt medusa triton uh, johnny storm and they are fighting kang to get ahura back and they've got uh the beast they're trying to defend the race against the mutants and stuff it's you know it's the royal family at least kang Exactly. Whereas all new in humans, I, I mean, I find it kind of wordy, cluttered. I don't really care for the direction. I didn't care for it that much in when in you know the the last run of the series either, except for when Black Bolt showed up. It really needs the royal family involved, fighting like a villain of the month type of a thing. Uh, I mean, here it's at least we got Crystal and Gorgon, and they are part of this envoy. But it's just all new characters and things, and uh, I'm 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 not going to be following it. Give it a D. Womp womp. Something's got to be that. All right, let's go to something near and dear to your heart, Kevin. Is the Spider-Man books? Oh yes. Pretty much read everything but Spider-Woman, um, and I haven't read the Spider-Women crossover yet. It is so good. It is like probably. Like, I wouldn't say Amazing Spider-Man is necessarily, like, my, my favorite, favorite thing, because, like, it's good, but I don't know if I would say it's great, but, like, the, the Spider-Woman event, like, and, you know, I had to make the choice between Standoff or a Spider-Woman event, and as far as I can tell, I totally made the right choice. <laughs> nice. For Amazing itself, you know, versus the Zodiac was the big... Uh, kind of first long arc and stuff. At times, I'm just not a fan of Kevin Cully's art with the color palette that gets used with him. And I found it to be a, a lot wordy because they're kind of setting up the new status quo for him. I think one of the things in general I don't like about these books is the whole eight months later aspect, the missing eight months. I like things to be set up and, and see what happens rather than being told or not told what happened and just having to pick up, you know, it's it, one of the advantages of having read this stuff since I was a kid is I, you know, I had, there's no big missing holes. Uh, and, and here's a missing hole. Yeah. It works better for uh, a spider woman though. 
Okay. Because I, I don't know how you plot that out time-wise. Like, she's pregnant for two years in the book. Yeah, yeah. Or whatever. Well, I wasn't too happy with her being pregnant in the first place. But in Amazing Spider-Man, it's like kind of like Spider-Man as Iron Man or Batman. He's got Mockingbird as a sidekick at times, representing his relationship with S.H.I.E.L.D., which is kind of interesting. That's fun. There's been Zodiac. There's been Cloak and Dagger. I like yes. that. Uh, on and I'm no fan of Mr. Negative, but the best Mr. Negative story I've read. I think he's fit in pretty well as like a modern mob type of guy. Uh, so I think I... he fits. Uh, I'm with Kevin. I think that it's another. You know, it's it's the new Tombstone, Hammerhead, yeah, Owl. Plus, he sort of plays a little more with uh, with the comic type of thing since he's like a negative. <laughs> I give it a B, Spidey, or Spider, Amazing Spider-Man, that is. The Spidey title? The one that's like, it it should be called Spidey Super Stories? You buy that just for the art. Did you read Spidey Super Stories when you were a kid, Andrew? I, was that the one that would like have the electric company logo on it? And then yes, I did (laughs) some of those. I mean, to be honest, that's all I remember is the electric company. Star Jaws. Easy Reader says this comic is easy to read. And Easy Reader was uh, Morgan Freeman, right? Pretty fun. I believe so. But yeah, uh, Spidey Super Stories was the kid Spider-Man title. I had a subscription to it for a few years, I think, as a wee lad that came out in the 70s. And here they use even the same, or at least a very close to the same logo of the Spidey. Um, and this is supposed to be an all-ages Spidey title. And it has Nick Bradshaw doing the art, at least for the first three issues. And that's my problem with it. I give this mm. book a nice solid B. Bradshaw does interesting design. Like, his, he, he does the mask only with the webs on the front, and he leaves the whole back blank, which kind of leaves me reminiscent of, like, some of the cartoon things where they would leave, like, his back not webby, you know? <laughs> That's so true. And, or the uh, actual mask they used to sell. Yeah, right. And Spider-Man's in high school here, and so all the Peter Parker stuff is very Archie, teenager-type stuff in the in the scenes. Flash is not a redhead, which is a little bothersome to me. I mean, I can deal with the Osbournes not being redheads and not having cornrows. <laughs> But Flash not being a redhead, why not? That was Flash. I just went with it. I don't know. The first few issues have, like, Doc Ock, uh, Sandman, Lizard, Doom. And there's, like, little cameos of other characters like Mysterio and Craven and and, uh, Electro. Uh, It's written by silk writer Robbie Thompson. And the writing's real crisp. I, I like it. It's something I would definitely give to my kids. As a matter of fact, I'm waiting the collection. They're going to collect the first three or four issues in a kind of a old-school treasury-sized edition. And I pre-ordered a couple of copies to give to a few friends uh, of my kids as well. Um, so the dialogue is good. For, for an all-ages book, it's, a, it, you know, it's not condescending. You can actually read it. It was entertaining. But with issue four and on... Bradshaw's gone, and the the fellow who's doing the art, the, the proportions are kind of wonky, and there's like not many blacks spotted at all. And I'm off this book immediately if Bradshaw's not back soon, or or somebody else. Nebs, nebs, unacceptable. So it's a B book that became a D book. 
I think I read the first of that Spidey Super Store or whatever that one was you just <laughs> talked about. I can't remember the title. And uh, for me, it was much the same. And also just felt like at this point, it's going to have to be some kind of crazy thing for me to really lock into Peter back in high school again. I mean, there's plenty of stories left to tell, I guess, but I feel like that's been mined pretty heavily. And I, as far as all ages, I really enjoyed the Marvel Adventures line from maybe 10 years ago or so. Mm-hmm. I thought there were a lot of really good art and great stories in those, even though sometimes they would just retell old stuff. Yeah, I mean, didn't Patrick Sherberger do a bunch of those issues and stuff? The Web Warriors title is pretty much a continuation from the Spider-Verse. We've got like a crack team of our favorite spiders helping repair the great web of reality or whatever. And it's funny, the first arc is them fighting a similar inter-reality group of Electros. (laughs) So there's all these different interdimensional Electros that have teamed up and they have their like electric web and they've learned about the web and they're up to no good. And it's some fun Spidey versus Electro stuff. There's Dr. Doom 2099 from Peter Porker, the Spider-Ham's dimension. Dr. Doom 2099, though. (laughs) I give it a C. It's a decent book. It's an average book. I also read Spider-Man 2099, Mm. which a lot of issues out already of that book. Cranking them out. This book never clicks with me. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Same artist, so it's still the same, sometimes stiff art, but decent. You know, when you look at any one panel, it's fine. It's just the momentum and the flow, the rhythm between the panels and the storytelling sometimes seems not as fluid visually. And you got Peter David writing, so you know I'm sure he's dressing it up as nicely as possible there. And it's Peter David, so there's going to be fun character stuff going on, and he's handling you know, his old character, Miguel O'Hara, who was trapped in our time. But he's got a portal in his basement, uh, in the basement of his corporate building, that is a portal to 2099. And they accidentally let through this killer Queeg, who's now loose in our time. So there's that interesting angle to follow on a kind of more immediate level, if you're not enjoying all of the nuanced stuff of the big picture like the costume change and things along those lines but I give it a C it's, it was better than I thought it would be actually why would you change the costume uh, because one guy is really connected to it very much so <laughs> probably that'd be my guess it's so Rick Leonardi I mean he co-created the character honestly there's a carnage book not just a limited series but a carnage book it's really a horror book. It's like special agents and Eddie Brock and John Jameson and they're trapped in a mine with Carnage. But then there's like this mystical dark hold angle going on. I don't particularly care for that even though I like the dark hold. But it's Jerry Conway and Mike Perkins and it's it's not a bad book. It's uh again better than I thought. I give it a C. You can uh, send in the Howling Commandos now that they're done with their book to take down Carnage or something. Is that book finished? Yeah, I think so. Aw. 
Yeah. I remember the first of that um, Carnage series. It seemed like something that would read pretty well in batches as opposed to maybe one issue at a time. Yeah, and that's the advantage I have if I'm reading all of the stuff in batches. Helen Commandos of S.H.I.E.L.D., I gave that book a, a, a C as well. I, I wanted it to be better for some reason to something that just isn't totally clicking with me, but I pretty much by rule can't not like a Dum Dum Dugan book. But it's Robo Dugan. Robo. And, you know, he's been a monster guy back since I was a kid when he was chasing around Godzilla, you know? The Godzilla book was really a Dum Dum Dugan book and Godzilla. The cast of the Howling Commandos is great, you know, with the man thing and even they're making Hit Monkey tolerable. The zombie Jasper Stillwell, he totally cracks me up. I like his slow evolution from just being. Why do you even have him on this team? He's holding a bazooka and he just aims it at Dugan and blows his head off. He's that mindless to he starts actually showing some altruism for the group. Um, there's the War Wolf, which is yet another version of the War Wolf from the Rich Buckler Deathlock future. Remember they had that other kooky version that we talked about when we did the Deathlock stuff? Well, here's yet another one. War Wolf. But it's like Manphibian too and that kind of thing. It's a good book. But back to Spidey. Although I haven't gotten to the Spider-Women crossover, I did read Silk and Spider-Gwen. And Spider-Gwen is losing a little bit of its luster with me. I mean, it's still a good book. I give it a C. But I'm finding as I'm reading it that it's feeling a little crowded art-wise, that the storytelling is feeling a little sluggish to me. But I still love the design and the idea of it. Great design will carry you a long way. Yeah. And Silk, I like that book quite a bit more. I give that book a B. Uh, she's got an intriguing thing going, uh, and I think partially, too, it's I, I am liking that writer. Silk is dealing with being sort of like the ultimate double agent right now. She's in undercover in both the Black Cats criminal organization and in the new Green Goblin gang. So you're doing good with... Well, I remember when Peter came back, I think both you and Kevin were not super thrilled with the Black Cat's direction. So yeah, still. I was wondering how that... Because I thought it was clever, too, having to be like the double agent or whatever, but I wanted to know, now that you guys have had a few issues, are you still unhappy with that? Or Yes. <laughs> Kevin, how about you? Yeah... Can we do, can we just get that the black cat that was perfect before from the miniseries? From the miniseries, nice. I know I, I I harp on that every single time it comes up, but it comes up, and now I'm like I I love that thing. So Silk gets the B, Spider Gwen gets the C, and thinking of Spider Gwen, along those lines, there's almost like a family of books that are like seem like they're the ones that are sort of being pushed towards the tween girls although there are some interesting design elements in some of the books and some kind of stretching that's being done storytelling wise here or there but like for instance the Ms. Marvel book I give that a solid C there are really good Peter Parker like teen moments where just life is pretty overwhelming and there's a lot of plates she's got spinning in the air that kind of a thing she's juggling the avengers and school and her brother's wedding and stuff it's fun to see her try to uh, make it through then 
on the other hand, you got things like the unbeatable Squirrel Girl. Squirrel, you know it's true. Here, some of the gags are okay. Issue number seven had a choose-your-own-adventure bit that was clever, whereas you read through, you know, you could pick what happened and then go to that page and follow the arrows through uh, the story. And they're doing some fun stuff like that, but I really can't get over how uh, simple the art is. And some, like I said, some of the gags are right, but uh, it, I, I can't deal with it. <laughs> it's a D. It's a D book for me. And unfortunately, so is Patsy Walker Hellcat. Guys, I wanted to like this book. I love the history of this character. Big fan of the old Defenders back when she was, uh, you know, back in my day, back when she was on that team. And I get what they're going for with some of the pushing the boundaries with some of the storytelling and the way they're doing the sequential art and labeling things and stuff. Uh, They're using the sequential space of comics. It's kind of neat, but I cannot get past the figure distortions. (laughs) I I think Andrew brought this up before. He was just like, how can it... Particular Patsy, she goes from young to mature, from sleek to short and stubby and lumpy and almost like a rag doll shape at times. It's like, ugh, I can't believe... And other times it's competent. It it really it, it so it really bothers me, especially because she's in a jumpsuit. So it looks really you know she looks like a balloon sometimes. It's weird, really really weird. Give it a D. Want want. Cheese and crackers. Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. It also falls into this family of books, I think. And you know, I love Devil Dinosaur. Love Devil Dinosaur original series was coming out back when I was picking them up off the racks and it was again one of those cult weird books like man thing to pick up and groove on while everyone else was reading the Avengers and this has the devil dinosaur leaving an injured moon boy in the past and coming through a portal to our present (laughs) where he defends a young black brainiac girl in like the ghetto it's all very urban Ah, it's all like it's so Clifford, Andrew. It's, yeah, I'm, I'm, I had... As I said when we covered it, I really wish Amy Reader was doing the art chores on it mm. as well. If I had room for another book, this is just just basing it off of just reading the first issue. Like I don't know, maybe it, it goes downhill. Like after that, I don't know. Just just basing it off the first issue. Like if I had room for another Marvel book like that, I, I would totally be. Checking out further issues. But right now, I don't know, it's either Trade or Marvel Unlimited Land. Yeah, read it on Marvel Limited. It's worth it's worthwhile. I'm giving this book a, a C. It's an average book. Um, I just remember we discussed with Phil whether Moon Boy was dead or not. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. It's unclear. And I like that they're leaving it open. I don't want them to really kill him off, but I do want them to say to have a reason why he's not in the book, and it's not Moon Boy. You know, here they're with the girl. They're obviously going for that Ms. Marvel, seeing if they can, you know, catch lightning in a bottle type niche. As far as the art is concerned, the expressions on the dinosaur on Devil are pretty good. There's times you really get that he's like miffed or frustrated. What's funny is though he's not the only thing that comes through the portal to our time. Some of the killer folk, one of the rival cavemen group uh, from Moon Boy's time, come through too. 
And it's funny to see, you know, they go from basically, you know, making animal sounds to each other to adapting and learning English and becoming like a street gang. They chase off the Yancey street gang and kind of learn like what it means to own a street corner thing. And then they kind of establish themselves that way. It's pretty funny. There's a Hulk appearance and having the Hulk treating, you know, it's ironic as he's treating devil like a like a monster and he should look in the mirror right oh and did i mention she's an inhuman the girl ah i wish they didn't do that but mm. at the end of the first arc they show what her power is finally it comes to fruition and it's something that while it's intriguing in some way it's one of those like someone had a take on devil dinosaur it's not devil dinosaur Wait do you see? I don't want to give it away. But it's funny, too, with the Hulk appearance, because Devil Dinosaur was just on the Hulk Agents of Smash cartoon not too long ago, too. But I want Devil Dinosaur in the past, you know, fighting other dinosaurs and monsters and stuff, not being a fish out of water as, like, a Howard the Duck is, or Spidey 2099, or Squadron Supreme or something. Maybe that's what my problem with Spider-Man 2099 is. He's not in 2099. That's fair. And the last of these books in this niche is Gwenpool, which immediately makes me groan and probably should make you groan too, thinking of, oh, Gwenpool, what? Are they really, you know, they're so jumping the shark here. Gwenpool is getting a solid C here, folks. This isn't a bad book at all. In fact, it's kind of interesting. She's Howard the Duck, is what the deal is. She's from our universe where we read Marvel comics and all this stuff happens on in comic books and she knows the characters and stuff from reading the comic books and she gets put from our world into the Marvel universe and her survival tactic is to totally go with it because she's read these things before and the hero survives and the hero that's confident and cavalier it's almost going on like a bandette angle Kevin where she's sort of dancing through the book and she's staring danger at the in the face and it's more danger than she's giving it respect for but it's also exactly what's keeping letting her survive and it's not a Deadpool thing at all her name is Gwen uh, and and her la- and it's a t- it's a takeoff on the Spider Gwen thing and her last name is Pool P O O L E So when she comes to our universe and she just sort of puts together a quick costume thing and she's Gwen Poole, the first caper, she like uh, breaks up this bank robbery thing that uh, is happening and the bank robbers leave behind the guy who was the hacker. She kind of like is stuck with him, but then he seems like he can be her kind of handler, enabler, and kind of gets her set up with this, uh, you know, monitoring system and, and being able to listen to the police bulletins and things along those lines. And they find out about this Hydra operation that's going on. And she goes, and this guy, this Hydra ninja guy, he's tearing his way through all these people in the... Uh, this location and he opens up this big I don't know if it's a dimensional portal or what it I can't remember but it's this big like fiery portal and he's standing there 
giving his on-site report saying how well everything's going and all of a sudden he doesn't even finish his sentence and he goes flying into the portal and she just popped up while he was on the phone and pushed him in. She didn't even know who he was or what the deal was. There's some moments of funny humor and pacing in it that are really enjoyable. And at the end of that, she comes across Modok, who was behind this break-in thing, and she killed Modok's number one enforcer agent guy. So he wants her to be his number one henchman. She's like, no way. And it just happens to be that her uh, computer handler guy is next to her, and Modok incinerates him. Mm. So he sort of becomes her Uncle Ben in a way, and she's stuck right now, going to have to do Modok's bidding for the next issue. I haven't fully read the next issue, but it starts off that she gets sent by Modok on a caper with Batrock, and Thor interrupts. It's a decent book, guys. I know it's Gwenpool and everything. There's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of fourth wall breaking. There's a lot of interesting use of again of like labels and captions and stuff. Oh, and the art for the most part is um Hiru, who used to do the um Power Pack and X-Men or Power Pack and Avengers. Remember those limited series from about 10 years ago or so? Art's yeah. nice and crisp and clean. It's really good. Lo- it's a good-looking book. From the Gus Beezer era. It's crazy that it's Gwenpool, but it's it's a, it's a the whole thing is a parody. It's a parody of the whole you know, Spider-Gwen thing. It's a parody of comics in general, and that's you know, to have the initial reaction to it is completely understandable, but it's a decent book. I give it a solid C. All right, the Squadron Supreme, Kevin. Mmm. This is one I'm looking forward to. Heavy book. It reminds me that the thing I'm missing from all new, all different Marvel is that all new Invaders book. That was a great book from the Marvel Now era. And this is the same writer, James Robinson. And what I don't like about it is Hyperion's characterization. I was really liking the good Hyperion that was fighting alongside the Odinson and with the Avengers and stuff and was having his moments in that area, uh, you know, with the little alien creatures that were born and everything. I, I really liked Hickman's version of that Hyperion, and this is that Hyperion, supposedly. He's just w- walking the Earth or some, Or is that his own book? He's yeah, not... that's his own book. Um, okay. His his solo book, he's, he's like Superman on the walkabout. I give that book a D. But Squadron Supreme, you know, they do the whole thing with Namor and everything, which is crazy. You know, I don't get why... When the, you know, in post-secret wars with Reed and Franklin and the Molecule Man recreating the universe, I don't get why all of these survivors of different realities end up on our Earth versus back to their own realities recreated. Number one. Uh, The art's good. And um, I like that they're being sent to Weird World. That's as far as I read up to. And then I was thinking, that'd be actually cool if they stayed in Weird World. And it was like the Justice League in Weird World. That, yeah, they could like, launch all their operations from there. If they, or just have the book be there from now on. They're just dealing with that and surviving there and, and, and have that be the story. 
I don't necessarily like their whole uh, influencing our world. Again, it's the fish out of water. I like it better when it when it's Howard. Mm, but he's come accustomed to our world now. Yeah, I guess. These guys are coming pretty accustomed pretty quick, too. I don't mind reading the stories of their adventures. I don't want to read about them on our Earth. <laughs> but I give they're it messing up. Uh, you're, they're messing up your Marvel universe. Exactly. They're messing with things. Yes. They're I like this isn't that. right. It's a solid book. I give it a C. All right. If you left here, another D book didn't float my boat is the Illuminati. It's the Black Hood and his D-level Thunderbolts. <laughs> well, it was probably the... Was it the best Thunderbolts before the Thunder... I don't, I don't know. Just not into the hood that much to begin yeah. with. And Bendis didn't help him, help the character at all. There's nothing here for me to uh, keep reading. I give it a D. All right. Captain Marvel and A-Force here. Mm. A stealth alpha flight book. Oh, and then there's one other book, actually, to really finish on a high note. Yeah, A-Force is just kind of like it was in the Secret Wars book. I like a lot of the characters who are in it. It's all the female characters and stuff, but it's so forced. You know, they're not not needed. The new sword station or whatever it is has alpha flight. They don't need A-Force to assemble to. And it's too much that Singularity Universe Girls story. I I can't take the new Dazzler either with the face. It reminds me of back in the uh, Claremont Silvestri X-Men days when she had when she was wounded in the battle with the Marauders and she had the mask with the little knife sticking out of it mm. stuck on her face. She's so appreciated having her face back and so missed having her face all that time. It just seems like she, with the big lightning tattoo and everything on her face, it's just, I don't know. It's, it, she just looks like a, like an image character <laughs> or something. <laughs> but I give A-Force a C. Art's all right. Whereas um, Captain Marvel, I give that book a B. For some reason, what doesn't work in the A-Force book works here. I like Captain Marvel is thrown in as, like, the new head of the equivalent of what S.W.O.R.D. was. It's the Alpha Flight station. And Alpha Flight is there, too, as is Abigail Brand from S.W.O.R.D., and so they've got that dynamic going back and forth between Carol and and Brand, which I like. And they give some insight into what Earth's protection is set up like who's sharing information and, and and coordinating their resources to protect Earth. You've got Alpha Flight, S.H.I.E.L.D., the Ultimates, who we'll talk about in a few minutes, and the Guardians of the Galaxy. And Carol trying to step into this already operational space station that already has its chain of command and stuff, and then she's at the top of it. and She's trying to be brought up to speed and deal with crises at the same time there's a storyline with one of their own being a saboteur that's that's pretty interesting it's a good book and the art's good too captain marvel not too bad and actually before we get to ultimates i also read daredevil so so how do you feel in about daredevil i've seen some divided opinions on this one i'm giving this one a b it's not the greatest but it's better than average i mean the art alone the ron garney art I, I kind of dig the new costume with the black and red. 
It works. I, I got used to it after uh, a few months. There's the sidekick angle that is an interesting twist. Enjoyed that whole first arc with the ten fingers and the hand and everything. And interested to see where it goes next. I give it a B. I like the guns that the guy had with the ten... <laughs> <laughs> How do those guns work? Yeah, it was weird. It doesn't matter. It's comics. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Alright, and last, but definitely not least, ending with an A book. And I think my... Other than The Vision, my favorite book of Marvel's right now. And that's because it's basically the new Fantastic Four book. It's the Black Fantastic Four. It's the Ultimates. Wow. You guys are high on the Ultimates. The Blue Adam, or whatever his name is, he is the new Reed Richards. And they're doing the work of the Fantastic Four. Is Galactus, Eternity, Thanos. It's my jam right there. The Molecule Man's even made an appearance, and they're getting into the whole workings of the Marvel Universe, and is this a new Marvel Universe, or is this, like, the same as the last universe, reshaped or whatever, uh, and, and some of that angle? And then they get into all this Galactus stuff that's going on, where it's like Galactus wasn't done cooking when he was released by the Watchers, or the race that's kind of like the Watchers, when he came out of stasis way back... And it was told in, in Thor, actually, in flashback. But he was in the big incubator egg thing, and they open it up and they take him out. Well, here the idea is that he wasn't done yet. And so they put him back in the incubator thing and charge it up. And now he's all golden and a bringer of life instead of destruction. And you've got all the big cosmic entities being like, no, 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 you're supposed to play this other role. And he's like, no, no, I'm feeling like I want to, like, make life. And <laughs> it, it is very interesting. You even get Galactus punching Lord Chaos, the floating head of uh, Master Order and Lord Chaos, right in the face. So it's the uh, return of the real Captain Marvel. Right, yep. Photon, or whatever she was called for a while there. And the Kenneth Roquefort art is great. And, you know, I'm not that big of a fan of when they retcon, shoehorn somebody into continuity like they did with the whole Black Adam or Blue Adam or whatever they call them. But, you know, without Reed, this is Fantastic Four fun happening. And T'Challa's there, so that's, that's awesome. Good book. Give it an A for sure. All right, that's my scorecard to begin with. Next time, hopefully, I will get to some X-Books, maybe, or at least the Cosmic Books and some of the other solo books like uh, Red Wolf and Black Panther and the Hulk and Ant-Man and stuff along those lines. And uh, at some point, I'll get to even the Star Wars books when I catch up on that stuff. I've been reading some of them, but uh, unlimited style, so I'm way behind. A good stuff for that. that though, I am enjoying the Star Wars stuff, though. <laughs> me too. All right, then. Thanks, guys, for letting me uh, sell you on all these uh, different books that I'm enjoying or uh, listening to me complain about what I'm not digging about them. I had to listen to you two talk about all the first issues that I hadn't read. That was a good primer. So now being able to have the hindsight of the first arc, or in some cases the first couple of arcs of these books, I'm starting to uh, separate the wheat from the chafe and get caught up. 
We, we weren't as nice, Steve, though. We made people listen to, what was it, four, five segments? It just went on forever, like we couldn't shut up. <laughs> Who knew that Marvel was going to have any number ones? <laughs> 73 new titles that I've got, and that's not counting the Star Wars books. That's yeah, when you, book. when, you, when you need to repopulate everything, you know. There's 12 cosmic titles alone, although I'm counting uh, Ultimates as a cosmic title. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's correct. It's a cool. Yeah. It's great to have like all that kind of spacey stuff. And you're right; it's totally good. Fantastic Four. Uh, that's what I like when they're doing that kind of weird exploring stuff. I like that. Like, there's a lot of diversity in the line, and when they they launched, like it wasn't like the books weren't super confusing with the first issue. I found like it was pretty easy to grab onto everything, even though they're well, it, some of them had the gap, and some of them are just like, yeah, there was a gap, but we're not really, really acknowledging it, <laughs> like uh, the Hawkeye title and stuff like that. And there's a lot of fun books too. Like it, depending upon what you want to read, like there's a lot of different tastes. I'm honestly interested in seeing how the gap, the eight month gap thing, plays into the cosmic books as I get into the Guardians of the Galaxy stuff and try to make sense out of what's going on there. All right, that's it for now. Till Marvel goes back to a line of only ten comics. Make mine Marvel. Later. Love the later.